This episode is brought to you by Fox vs. Disney. Nobody wins. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Last King Podcast. Hey, what's you up everyone? Yes, hey. thank you very much. Episode 81, right? 81, 81 indeed. 81. Yes. So, uh, with this very halting start, <laughs> I've been Eccentric Tom. I've been Mr. Toffee. And I'm Shafiq. Oh, just Shafiq? Yeah. All right. Not Shafiq Pool, not Dead Shafiq, mm-hmm. not... Um, what else? We were going to talk about a bunch of other films, right? Did I missed out? Um, sure. So, I can be Mary Shafiq. How's okay, Mary Shafiq. Mary Shafiq. to you. Cool, yeah, cool. shout okay. out to a movie that probably no one's gonna watch, but I did. Yep. Yes, yep. and we're gonna have to talk about. Uh, I mean, I will talk about it very quickly. It's Mary Shelley. We'll talk about Deadpool two and Solo later because because we have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we because have to. I'm pretty sure the entire internet is just waiting for our opinion on probably two of the biggest tentpole movies to come out this end of the summer era which after is Infinity War. Yep, this, which is Deadpool two May. and uh, mm-hmm. Solo, a Star Wars. Movie. It's very a weird. Story. Yeah. yeah. Story. Story. Sorry. I find it very strange that we're talking about summer movies in May. It's not even June yet, technically. Uh, Actually, well, as of this recording, it's technically it's summer started with Black Panther in late February. Yeah. It's like, what hellscape are you living in? Oh yeah, global warming. Yes. Is that summer does start in February? So summer is all year round, apparently. Yep. Yep. Well, in Singapore, it's all all year summer. So it doesn't make sense to us either here no. in Singapore when people say it's a summer blockbuster and it's like, sure, it comes out in February. Yeah. It summer doesn't blockbuster. sound as sexy as quarter two blockbuster or quarter we call, three. We call it the pre haze blockbuster season. The pre haze sounds cooler though, actually. Yeah. yeah there you go. Pre haze. Because the thing is, like, okay, for all our fans outside of Singapore, our schedule or our seasons are based more around the school schedule. Yeah. And we have the June holiday period and the December holiday period, and then nothing but you know drudgery in between. Yeah. Yeah, that's welcome to Singapore life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Asia, basically, technically. Yeah. So I'm gonna briefly talk about the film Mary Shelley, which is based upon Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin. That was her actual name when she wrote uh, Frankenstein. She only became Shelley later once she married her lover Percy Shelley. Mary Godwin would have been a better pen name. Yeah, Godwin, Mary Godwin's <laughs> Frankenstein. Wow. Yeah. Well, what can a you do? Godlike book from Godwin. So, it. it tells the story of uh, Mary Shelley pre-Mary Shelley. It's the two years leading up to her finally coming down to write Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And it shows her from, you know, she's living with her father and her, her mother-in-law. No, stepmother, sorry. Who is an absolute bitch. <laughs> because, you know, that's requirement Taylor's oldest time. And then when she's sent off to Scotland to stop being in the hair, she meets this beautiful young poet, Percy Shelley, played by Douglas Booth. And she falls in love because he's handsome, he's debonair. He talks about all this things about revolution, about, you know, the emancipation of women. I'm not too familiar with Percy Shelley's works. What are his most noted poems? I don't think he's that known today, but at the time he was... Probably right. It's like, because he was one of those young son of aristocracy, like you do nothing but yeah. fucking write poetry. Okay. Right, he's friends with Lord Byron. Like that's all you really need to know. And for all our fans who are not aware of Lord Byron, what's Lord his contribution to society? Uh he was probably the biggest poet outside of the Irish one. What's his name? The Irish poet? Yeah, uh the one who wrote uh, uh Portrait of Dorian Gray. Oh, I know who you're talking about. 
Uh, Escapes me right now. The thing yeah. is, when you said something like Lord Byron, like I think I always thought of his true rival to be more like, like you know, uh, Robert Burns or something. Burns was a bit later and a bit more serious. Like I mean, like in terms of, like that kind of movement, yeah. Byron and the Irish guy. I'm, I I can feel my previous English teacher scowling at me right now as I forget <laughs> the with name. With the ruler in her hand, right? He's reaching yeah. across the internet with his like you know clawed hand trying no, to get. No, it's a, a it's a she. She. It's she. two she's right now, like you two know, she's. fighting so two rulers. Two. They're, they're, break they're, their yeah. knuckles. They're doing like a Dragon Ball mega merch right now, and they're gonna fly over here and like rip that diploma from your hands. It's like, <laughs> how <laughs> dare you? You got an A star in English literature. How dare you forget? The teacher Kamehameha. Ooh, look yeah. at you, A star in English literature. Yeah. And Whatever. So, so it's all about basically just her life up to the point where she writes about Frankenstein. Yeah, and I mean, it's actually fairly paint-by-numbers in terms of what happens. So yeah. she abandons her family to be with this man. They don't marry because he's still married to someone else. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so she's surrounded by scandal at the time. Like she's so this is before Church of England, where divorce no, was still illegal. No, no, this is still uh, Church of England time. It's okay. just, you know... This is height of Victorian time where it's no longer the Georgian period where you could fuck whoever you want and no one cared. This was, you know, the pearl clutching thing of how dare you do anything other than, you know. There's a lot of pearl clutching still going on right now. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> imagine 1950s Singapore. I can't. Okay. Because okay, imagine it was during the war. Right. <laughs> imagine contemporary Singapore. Yes, I live there. Yeah, there we go. Um, Not many pearls though. <laughs> Whatever. Swine before. But okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or swine. <laughs> the thing is, like, when you mentioned Mary Shelley and her time period, the thing is, I I never really attached the the authoress. Is that the word? Or the writeress? Just just say author. No. I mean, I never really attached her to her time period yeah. because the thing is, uh, if you want to, like, if you're a fan of the book Frankenstein, you're yeah. going to be a little bit disappointed because it doesn't really, like, tie in too much to her writing the book. Well, it's, it's fairly timeless and because... The film makes it very clear that Frankenstein is a metaphor for what happened in her life. Okay. Where she falls in love with this handsome man, but then immediately she, like, the veneer drops and she's stuck in this loveless cycle where they're running away from debtors, living this weird fake life where she's just been separate from everything that she holds dear. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have someone to comfort her anymore because he's too busy doing. So it's basically fall from grace, then wrecks the riches. Kinda. And also, they make a point that. The first edition of Frankenstein was published anonymously because mm-hmm. she tried to get published and no one published her because she was a young woman living with a published author at the time. And really? so, yeah, people were actually oh, outright accusing her of stealing his work. Who was the published author that she was living with? Percy Shelley. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they assumed that. But why didn't the husband just do the thing and like, okay, yeah. Well, it's because she wanted to have a name attached to it. She didn't want... Uh, like Because she'd given up everything to this man... And this really personal story that she had written, she didn't want him to, you know, take it from but her. Is this like are they like making it like this is her first book? Yeah, this is her first book. She wrote it when she was twenty years old, so which this, oh, makes me true? feel very, you know, unaccomplished. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a podcast. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so which I started when I was twenty-five. So you know, so five years too late is not too bad. Yeah. Okay, um, but no, the thing is. Here's the thing, like when you mentioned that you want to review uh, Mary Shelley, okay, so the first thing that came to mind was, oh, okay, I recognize the name attached to the book Frankenstein. Yeah. And, okay, so well, hopefully it's not a biopic by numbers, you know? But I mean, it's 
it does the good kind of epic thing where it's not trying to do her entire life story. We don't see mm. her birth, we don't see her childhood, we don't see her later life. We just see the two-year period where she gets the inspiration to write Frankenstein. I see. Okay. I mean, so that basically the entire movie is just the impetus for creating this yeah. story. But it the thing is, like, so you told me that uh, she based this on her life, and the thing is, like, I don't remember you mentioning any part where she brings somebody back to life with <laughs> electricity. Well. <laughs> In in the movie, like this is the part where I feel like maybe it's pandering a little bit. They go uh. see a magic show where the like, electricity was discovered maybe forty years ago, yeah, and okay. they discovered that if you send an electric shock through a dead corpse, the muscles twitch. Uh, so yeah, they made the frogs like dance by just you know putting uh, things on. Then she has a dream <laughs> where did they do the anointing driven where they like oh and here's Mr. Nikolai Tesla, the inventor of electricity. No, it was uh, some unknown dude, but they named up Lord Byron and we spend. A few weeks living with Lord Byron, and we realized he was a piece of shit. Well, according to this movie. Yeah. Well, also, he was renowned for uh, stealing people's um, works. So. Yeah. Uh, right, right. But then again, syphilis does strange things to a person. Oh, yeah. Especially gay syphilis, because that dude was bi as fuck. According to this movie. Oh, no. He was well renowned to be bisexual gay. Really? Over yeah. Hmm. Uh, it was an open secret, but he was rich, so no one could do anything to him. Okay, I see. But so, so how was Mary Shelley portrayed here in this film? Like? It's portrayed by Elle Fanning. And her acting, how... I mean, she did a competent job. I mean, she could. Sh she showed a loss, especially when they go to the period where she loses her first child. Like, that kind of emptiness you get when someone that you love so dearly is taken away from you. Yeah. She portrays that very well. And also just where she just becomes colder and colder and colder. She realizes just the lies she fell in love with has been stripped away and she just becomes this true hardened individual but still has like a burning passion which rekindles once she realizes she can write okay mm -hmm. and douglas booth who plays percy shelley is he's does a very good job of playing an absolute narcissist who has a small redemption near the end not to the point where like oh all is forgiven it's a kind where he realizes he fucked up and ruined someone's life and he does as much as he can to make her not hate him and that did very well and there lots of good supporting characters around not super big names because i don't think this had a huge budget this was supported by the irish and british film council so like the biggest names were the two leads so kind of like a merchant ivory film kind of <laughs> um so performances wise it was good the story was well done the writing felt a little bit overblown what do you mean? Like, it felt like they were trying very hard to write in a contemporary voice, but in that kind of literary contemporary voice where you read books of the time where they have very, like, you know, overblown prose. Uh, okay, I know what you mean. It's like that, the, that Shakespearean disease, right? Kind of. I mean, it's not as heavy-handed as Shakespearean, but it's still kind of like... Is anybody addressed as It doesn't foul? feel like nobody says that. Yeah, it feels like... I know it's a different time, but I'm sure no one spoke with that, you know... Yeah, yeah such a verbose manner in a day-to-day -day life even though they were like you know upper echelons of so uh, super flowery language for no reason <laughs> yeah i mean mm. it was i could see the reason behind it but i just felt like it took away a little bit from the dialect they were trying to say it felt a little bit too you know serious and like you know the thing is like when browsing I speech kind of thing when i hear stuff like that i'm always like taken up taken out of the film because it just reminds me of like blackadder yeah it was done very intentionally yeah, although at least Blackadder had a nice little wink and they would, you know, sometimes they say like sod off just to, you know, like undercut it. Yeah, but that's yeah, the and that was a comedy. And mm -hmm. Mary, this Mary Shelley film is supposed to be serious, right? Yeah, I mean, 
they're not really any like funny moments. They're just like parts which are a bit more lighthearted, but then there's a lot of very heavy shit which happens. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only other performance I will briefly mention is Maisie Williams is in this. Nice to see the Game of Thrones girls getting work. Huh? Yeah, even though she's in a movie for like 10 minutes, even though she's fourth build. And she shows that she can pull off a Scottish accent pretty well. Where's she from originally? Uh, With a name like that, I always thought she was like Irish. Nah, I mean, she might have fa Irish family, but she's definitely from the south of England. Okay. Like maybe southwesty. Like, I, I don't know for sure. I don't, I don't really follow her all that much. I but like the fact that when you see her on her social media, she's like just a, a young girl. Yeah, she's just a teenage girl. And so when yeah. you watch her as Aya, it's like, huh. She is an actress, <laughs> huh? Yeah. I mean, I also like the fact when like they asked her, like, how come you have to speak in a different English accent? And then she and what's the other girl's name? Sophie Turner. Yeah, Sophie Turner. They're just like, oh, we're not speaking a different English accent. We're all just imitating Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> because he's our dad, so we need to sound like him. Yeah, also... <laughs> I also like Sophie Turner because she's, you know, like Sansa, she's very proper and, you know, mm. kind of like, uh, you know, prudish. But then the real Sophie Turner, she's foul-mouthed as hell. <laughs> yeah, she's, mouth. a, she's a teenage girl on top yeah, of her, like, I guess. Yeah, like uh, she says, oh, what was it like working with um, Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, great. She punched me in the cunt. It's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, so that's performances. The main thing I want to talk about in terms of Shelley is that you can tell that this was written and directed by two women. Well, there was the director and then written by another woman. And she, I think the director also helped write some parts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a female-led, female biopic. Okay, does it add anything? To I feel thing? like it adds a level of sincerity which might not have been accomplished if we'd had a bigger name male director attached. Okay. So like it felt like a very personal story that wanted to be told. And it's by no means a perfect film. Like the first half hour 40 minutes could easily have been cut down to 20 minutes it, there was unnecessary lengths of dialogue and scenes which i feel like could have been cut out entirely and nothing would have been lost but it's definitely something where you see what happens if you let not well, let is a bit difficult like when someone has a voice and they're not afraid to use it and they have the monetary backing to tell something mm -hmm. you get something that's interesting it's not world changing but it's a very competently, very well-made biopic about someone who's very fascinating, mm -hmm. which we never really talk about. Like We've talked about other famous artists like uh, you know Dali, um, Picasso, mm -hmm. those kind of people, and some authors back in the day. But we never talk about you know, Mary people like Shelley. Mary Shelley. Like mm -hmm. She founded modern horror writing. Okay. You, and you think so? Well, she was one of the founders of modern horror alongside Bram Stoker and... Um, to like the pioneers more or less yeah right? she's definitely one of the pioneers she's one of the founding parents of modern well, horror uh, yeah she say. did create one of the most universally loved universal monster ever yeah I mean she'd be spinning in her grave if she saw how we're treating Frankenstein these days <sighs> but how have we been treating Frankenstein these days oh yeah mm, I that was I Frankenstein oh yeah, my right, god right. <laughs> yeah, we needed a sexy Frankenstein <laughs> huh? apparently yeah. a shirtless Frankenstein of course so I mean, overall, I would say this film is uh, 6.57 out of 10. Mm. So, so worth the rental at the very least. Where I mean, you, what, what era are you from? <laughs> rental. <laughs> rental. Yeah. That's such a classic yeah. word. So that's, that's just my quick review of Mary Shelley. And now back to our regularly scheduled um, uh, Talk about programming. things that everybody else is talking about. Yeah, exactly. But okay, like one last thing I want to bring about Mary Shelley, because yeah. you did mention that this is probably, uh, what is it called? 
a more sincere t- uh, biopic because yeah. it's written by two women. But I also want to bring up like for the, for sake of comparison, and since both these movies exist to me in 2018, yeah, how does it stack against another biopic about a very interesting woman, Aitonia? I mean, I think that's kind of an apples oranges comparison. Well, because how so? Because uh, to me, I think like the way you mentioned is like this this very strong woman who did something for her genre or her medium. I mean, for Mary Shelley, it's a biopic about. It's a very short window into the life of someone who doesn't tend to get talked about very often. Okay. Whereas Aitonia is giving a very notorious individual a second chance. But here's the thing: it's a it's She's a defense. Not notorious because we're also giving a window into something about because. In our review, we did mention like we had no idea sh- she had nothing to do with anything, but it's the media who attached all the notoriety to her. I mean, that's my it's point. It's like yeah. she was she was made guilty by association by the media because and, like, we like to punish women for any slight uh, transgression. And then for me, like something like Mary Shelley is like, I mean, okay, I'll be super honest about it. What else did she do after that? Uh, she had a few other things published, but that's the main thing she's but famous nothing for. Happened. Just Not focus on the creation of Frankenstein and the stuff with but I mean, Percy, like, right? I mean, in general pop culture, what other books by Mary Shelley are you aware of? Honestly, I don't. I have no know. idea either because the thing is, I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Frankenstein. I thought it was one of the best horror books I've ever read as, when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, and it's super influential in the terms of like, you know, it invented the mad scientist trope. It invented yeah. like, you know, uh, what you call the villagers like mobbing against like you know the, mob the pitchfork of the village. Uh, yeah the lynch mob yeah. yeah like she created all these like cliches and tropes that we have used to death up to this point and it's like I'm um, like I would be very much more interested if this sh- movie was to actually tell us the story beyond that you know what I mean because it's yeah. as much as like I like uh, to see where her inspiration came from what was the impetus to create Frankenstein to me it's also like okay I would also like to know more about like if you if she didn't like if we didn't just wrap everything around Frankenstein as a person, how did she grow from that? Yeah, I mean, to that's me that's like a missed opportunity. I I wouldn't mind an extra thirty minutes of yeah. what she oh, did. This after film is two book. hours long. You would not like an extra thirty. Okay, minutes. Oh no. wow. <laughs> now, cause like for me, like okay, probably one of my bi- my most favorite not say biopics, but like hi- based on historical events is like probably something like The Untouchables. Yeah. Where they even had this lovely coda at the end of the movie where like, and by the way, both these guys died penniless. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh wow, that was a bummer. After yeah. all that conflict and all that emotion, and at the end, yeah, but reality-wise, no, no nobody wins. Mm. Mm. Well, because the thing is, like, okay, so how does the movie end? I mean, spoilers or whatever. Like, but she does it end on like the climax of her finishing and publishing? Well, it ends with her being it's being published anonymously first edition. Mm-hmm. Then her father does a celebration to say this because they she was able to get him to get first issues okay. to sell right right and he invites her and Shelley because he's saying we're gonna uh, announce who the author is and Shelley steps up and he says you know some of you think that I wrote this you know I definitely had an impact on how it was written but not the way you think you know I am the subject this is the author and he does a big thing and says oh, kind of like singing in the rain huh kind of no she's the one who sang it she did all the lines he's like yeah and okay. then like in the aftermath uh, they say that uh, her father helps push for a second edition which has her name attached to it and it still ah, sells okay. very well then they say oh when Percy Shelley died at age 29 from complications of drinking too much actually the actual answer should be Percy Shelley died 29 from living in that era yeah because <laughs> Holy fuck, did they drink so much? <laughs> yep. Like, he had a five-year-old daughter when he was 21. 
Yeah. Oh damn! Yeah, that sounds about uh-huh. right. That sounds normal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what so, else are you gonna do? They, they have yeah, no I internet mean, or video games. To I understand what them. you mean by you want to talk about you know what happens after what. Yeah, I want to see like what was the outcome of that. Like, okay, the, the thing is like it's it, it's cool to know that okay, here's the backstory and here is here's the uh, the, the so called uphill struggle she had to face. Yeah. So how was she celebrated after that? Was she revered or like because? That's like the questions I had when I, if I was to watch a movie called Mary Shelley, because mm-hmm. I would immediately assume it would be like straight out of Compton. We we see the life and death of this person, and definitely Act Two is what she's most noted for. But I also w- want to be very interested to like, you know, like like something the, like the after, right? Yeah, the like something like Goodfellas. You know, wait, okay, after all this, how how did they live out the rest of their lives? Yeah. And then, uh, let me. I would like a nice epilogue. Of sorts. I mean, there was a very short epilogue, but it was like you know the standard you know writing on the wall after biopic ends kind of. Oh really? They ended it with just basically the like the text black background and the white text, like yeah. text on screen. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. So honestly, uh. I would say that this movie did what it wanted to do, mm. and what you're asking for is a different movie, which would also be fascinating. But yeah. I feel like that's something where you need a bit more of a budget and maybe mm. someone a bit more yeah, experienced behind it. Where this is, this felt like a very good starts of something and I want to now follow the writer and the director and see what they do in the future I mean I think it's also sad to say that amongst all the universal monsters that were unfortunately the thing is we see them all in a different light right but when you see something like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and if you read the book right totally different from (laughs) the movie oh yeah it's (laughs) it's this tragic character who never knew love and because of that you know completely falls apart I mean like a lot of people will when you say the word Frankenstein firstly they mistake the the, the professor and the monster yeah the the monster's called the monster and they also keep thinking about the universal Frankenstein by Boris Karloff right it was Karloff. Yeah, Karloff. No, wait, not uh, Karloff. Lug- Lugosi was Vampire. Lugosi Dr- was yeah. Dracula. No, but it's like when you when people when you ask people about Frankenstein, it's like, do they think of Mary Shelley's book that character, or nope. do they think of Bolts in the Neck, Universal Horror Movie, Bell Lugosi, like clambering that's, towards it, you? That's actually a small section of people who think about who remember the Kenneth Branagh movie. Unfortunately, yeah. guys <laughs> like me who brought <laughs> yeah. it up. <laughs> Because we had to review Thor, especially. Oh, yes. <laughs> Remember Kenneth Branagh directed like what was it? Robert De Niro as the Frankenstein yes, monster. Yes, yeah. as the monster, right? That as was a title. bad idea. <laughs> and then uh, I think that was uh, Tim Burton's wife as the cousin who Frankenstein slept with, if I recall. What, Helena yeah. Bonham Carter. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Helena Bonham, Bonham was in it too. Yeah, right? I remember. Yeah. I mean, she is the queen of period pieces till she met Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but no, she's just you know the crazy uh, cat lady. Thank you, crazy cat lady. That's a category. Not Jesse takes. Was that a well. pun category? Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say like she's basically Marla Singer. Yeah, <laughs> she's so living that life. I think mm. we've squeezed as much as we can out of Mary Shelley. Yeah, there you go. So uh, let's uh, go to something else, which is desperately trying to be kept alive. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> you want to do Star Wars? Yeah, let's, we'll let's do Star Wars, guys. Come on, Let, Star Wars. Let's just get Star Wars out of the way, and we'll finish on the big bang that is Deadpool Two. I'm ready. Yeah. Yep, so let's go, let's go. Solo, it's fine. I did not hate it. <laughs> I'm actually in the same boat as you guys. Okay, well, there we go. That's how you were. Look, look, again, given that this is a film which, you know, s- Disney are, are going to sell toys off from, the new Millennium Falcon. As compared to what toys. Disney movie where exactly, they don't sell toys other, from. Exactly. It could have been worse, right? 
it could it have is, been bad. It could have been worse. But it could have been a Star Wars holiday special, for you know, right? No, it but could have been prequels. You cannot do that anymore. I know because I know, Disney can't. will always yeah. step in and fix their problems before they put it out to to deadline. So yeah, I mean, true like, that, true that. Considering the mess that the production was and all of the bad news we heard in the background, mm-hmm. the most so notable one was uh, Phil Lord and Chris. I got okay, mix up the names. Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller, yeah, they got fired, right? And yeah, for dicking around and Yeah, I heard like the original movie was a bit too fun. No <laughs> No, the thing is they were trying to make a comedy, but it, the problem was that they didn't know how to make that kind of big budget movie. Like it was entirely out of You think so? Th- yeah. So apparently Because like what I know is like Kathleen Kennedy came to set one day and she saw what was going on and she just basically you guys are over budget and you're behind schedule and you, you we have to get rid of you now. Well yeah, it's because, you know, uh the lead, Alden Unreich, did not know how to act like Han Solo. Yeah, to me he's the worst part of the movie. Yeah, I mean okay. Uh well we'll get into that a bit, but yep, yep. I'm saying that I think it was necessary to remove Lord Miller mm-hmm. and to bring in Ron Howard because Ron Howard is a very safe but incredibly competent director yeah. who knows how Who's to won. salvage burning ships. You have to understand, he gave us Splash, Apollo 13 and a lot of amazing films. He's yeah. a professional, basically. He mm-hmm. also gave us How to Grinch Stole Christmas. He also gave Let's us forget about that. Rush. <laughs> Oh, Rush? He gave us yeah, Rush. Rush. Rush was a very good movie. And then after that, in the heart of the sea. Yeah. Sorry, Chris Hemsworth. You almost had a career. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Ragnarok came out later, so I think he's still safe. Yeah, and he did survive the snap. Yeah. yeah he'll so be he'll fine. Be he'll fine. be fine. Yeah. Until his brother takes over. So oh, wait, didn't they kill him off in Expendables? <laughs> they did, What's they the other did. Hemsworth going to do now, right? Oh, wait, he was Independence Day. Yeah, so what's he going to do now? The second Independence Day, which no one watched. There's going to be a third one, apparently. How? Wait, what? How? It made no money. (laughs) I don't know. I don't care. Okay, anyway, Yeah, we're going to talk about Solo, Solo, a Star Wars movie. Let's talk about the story very quickly. Uh, It's the origin story of Han Solo. According to all the sound bites from the original movies. Yeah. Yeah. So they finally explain why the Kessel Run, because George Lucas is not very good at research. They know that uh, Kessel was a unit of distance and not uh, speed. I will not hold that against him because the thing is, when ev- the thing is, I was quoting that line for the longest time. Yeah. Like, you can't shit on the Millennium Falcon. It did the Kessel Run in that like line's under cool 12 parsecs. To say, yeah. yeah. And then, like, even I didn't know what a parsec was, but yeah. it, to me, it's like. Techno babble. It's <laughs> like, is that a unit of time? You know, speed. Is that space talk? Yeah, parsecs. Cool. And then time like, was fine to make shit up because it's something yeah. cool. Like for if us when to you explain to me like at. what knots are for like you know boats, like how many knots? What does that mean? Oh, it's how many knots uh, of a spool of thread uh, go through your hand in a speed of th- base of thirty seconds. There you go. See, and it's like it's such an arbitrary thing. It's like a qubit. Yeah, you know, a cubit is an arm's length. Whose arm? You know, but some dude in Egypt's <laughs> arm. <laughs> exactly. One, so it's two, like three, four. The thing is, right? If you want to nitpick on, like, oh, George Lucas didn't know what a parsec was. Like, so did a lot of the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, until one guy researched it, f- brought it up, and they're like, ooh, we need to point at that forever. <sighs> yeah. So, but okay, wh- whatever. At least they answered it in a fairly decent set piece. No, the thing is, right. Everything about this movie that annoyed me was basically, oh, it's that thing that was mentioned in that other movie. Oh, it's that thing that was mentioned. It's like, it's how you say, this movie is so predictable because if you're a fan of the series, you know exactly what you're going to watch and you yeah. just want to see... And what to expect. Yeah. yeah. And so th- there's basically no surprises. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if people are saying like, oh, spoilers, he did the castle run. Like, yeah, he yeah. said it like 20 years ago. Yeah, it's also like, you know... You just get to see it in form, in movie which form Which doesn't for the first look time. very... 
fascinating to me at all. I did like the time bomb cliche of like, oh, the was it the Cosmium? Uh, that energy source that explodes yeah, if whatever. you yeah. rank it too much. The Unobtainium, the Cosmium, the Adamantium. Yeah. The MacGuffin to give to the Paul The Ma- MacGuffinium is like, oh, this is going to explode because it's such a volatile source of like energy. Like, all right, yeah, cool. Sure. We got a passion sure. to sword wielding vision like, or something. And then right, we need so. to hyperspace out of here. Like, cool. I mean, like for me, what I like the fact is like, okay, we know what's going to happen. It's and like retelling the Titanic. Like, okay, we know the ship's going to sink. Tell us a story in between that's going to compel us. Yeah. yeah, I mean... And we know Han Solo's going to be a Gaussian pilot. We're going to have give you two opportunities. Uh, not only that, you know what's the most annoying thing? What? Yeah. All the side characters saying like, you know what? Maybe someday you will do something good. Hey, you know what? Maybe someday <laughs> you <laughs> will be... It's like, <laughs> yes. I found it fucking annoying yeah. because they would look right at the camera and it's like, hey... We're, we're starting a rebellion and then it's like ah no I got no time for that you know what someday you will be part of a rebellion it's like yeah I know yeah. I, that, we're Star Wars fans that's why we're here anymore, that was a story element which did not need to happen it's like oh Han Solo helped kickstart the rebellion no no he didn't don't don't <laughs> no, make that you know what's even super annoying is like oh remember when he was talking about the castle run in the old movie like oh it's a Corellian ship and he's like so it's set in Corellia here we are in Corellia <laughs> and then it's like what would the Corellian ship be? It's the Star Destroyer. Like, yeah, we know. It's like, it, when they reveal things to us, it's like, yeah, exac- that's exactly what we, we, we wanted to see. You don't yeah. have to tell us that I mean, much like, or yeah. foreshadow it too And that's much. the problem. Is like, it was revealing things to you that you know had yeah. was mentioned either in passing or according to lore or whatever. And then like, so then all of a sudden this movie felt like, okay, we need to surprise the audience somehow. And then there's like three things that was revealed. And then to me, it's like, None of them was exciting at all. And like may not make sense unless you've watched it, like the cartoon shows and stuff. Are we going to talk about that? Are we going to spoilers? Fuck um, it, this movie's been out for three weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Okay, so the And it's made no money, so fuck it, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's tanking hard, huh? Uh. Yeah. First Star Wars flop. Yeah. No, wait, wait for the t- toy sales. I'm sure it'll make his money. Nah, I think this is the kind of thing where... I mean, but it's a flop according to Disney standards. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like for the money they threw at this yeah I mean for it to like they made 100 million plus in box office they were number one but it cost 250 million to make there you go enough to fund half an island oh it's a failure to Disney mm. mm-hmm. but I'll say this okay I mean let's okay from now on it's nothing but spoilers because yeah. we, we can't really review this movie without mentioning all the shit that happens in it yeah, yeah because you want to start from the beginning the story isn't no. that <laughs> interesting so we'll just talk about like the characters and themes I feel like that's m- I mean it is a hero's journey all over again yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's a western that's been dusted off. It's mm-hmm. you know, like all your famous uh, cowboy westerns from the fifties, and then just put in space. Well, I guess. I mean, the they even have right. a train robbery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do have a train robbery. Yeah, yeah all so it's missing is a damsel getting tied onto the track. No, well, technically, Fanny Newton was tied. Thank you. She was yes. tied down. Yeah. Not literally, yeah. but you know, she could. She couldn't just have jumped off or whatever. Yeah. But then again, how expensive is Tandy Newton? Not that. I mean, I guess because she almost looks like Zoe Saldana, so by proxy, she's become more expensive. Really? A little bit. They're pretty different. They I are, can kind of tell the difference. <laughs> no, I can tell the difference, but I'm saying like other people can't. Okay, sure. Um, anyway, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The train tracks, uh, westerns, emulating from the westerns. No, okay, like, so the first thing that... Uh, okay, let's talk about from pre-production up to production. Because the thing is, right? Yes, we are all Star Wars fans here. Okay, um, 
So when they announced the cast, mm-hmm. everybody was a little bit nervous about the guy who was so-called built to play Mr. Han Solo himself. Yeah, it was Elden Iden Rock. Yeah, right? a no name that Steven Spielberg has found at a bar mitzvah. There you go. Yeah. So like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, is like they started announcing other cast members, and then like, okay, we have Woody Harrelson. Who's he gonna play? We have this person. Who's he gonna play? Who's gonna be Lando Calrissian? Childish Gambino. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I mean like, that's the yeah. first time we went. Oh, okay, maybe this could work. We were actually paying attention after hearing and that me, announcement. Uh, Childish Gambino, Mr. Uh, Donald Glover, Glover, as uh, Lando Calrissian. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. It not got bad. to the point where I felt like he stole the soul of Billy D. Williams <laughs> to play this. Nah, not close. I don't think so. He's not but suave. But it's a damn good enough job. You no, know what I mean? It I felt like he's, I think he's suave. But it's like the young kind of swagger, not like Here's the old not man. Not Billy D. Williams suave. Do you know what it felt like to me? Yeah. It felt like Carl Urban doing DeForest Kelly. You it's know what I mean? still there. Like when you watch you Star know, Trek, it's like, yeah. oh, he's doing a DeForest Kelly impression. Yeah. So to me, it's like Charlie Gambino. Like, yeah, he's doing a Billy D. Williams impression. But it's like the part that I didn't like that kind of s- not say broke it but spoiled it was like that stupid line where like not that cape it's a custom it's like nah, Billy D. Williams is so cool he wouldn't give a fuck yeah you know like, I mean? like, I've got 50 of them he does literally yeah, they yeah. show here the wardrobe it's like why would he care about this cape you know but it's like uh, but yeah I mean eccentricities like, I guess you know I mean like in terms of the sense. casting like okay um, Woody Harrelson would definitely be the mentor. Yeah, uh, more like partner w- than mentor. I mean, uh, he's I a guess mentor. He he is a mentor. Yeah, Literally, they mentor. have the moment where I've learned so much from you at the end of the movie. He okay, is the mentor, okay, yes. and, and then you have the turning on the mentor scene at the end. Of course, you know somebody you love has to betray you according to <coughs> the Marvel template. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course, speaking of somebody who loves, who's gonna betray you? What the fuck is Amelia Clark doing in this? She was so unnecessary. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like the, I the guess they need to shoehorn in a love, I mean, a love, uh, what's that, a romantics lead or something for Solo before he goes, become becomes that character he is in the, in the later films. I mean, like, if anything... Maybe like, it's, it's typical, but the thing is, it's too typical. It might explain why he's such a cold, callous monster to women afterwards, but... Not yeah. Yeah. Was he? Eh. Affable, aloof... What, in Star Trek? I mean, in Star Trek, in <laughs> Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> he's... L- Oh, you didn't see... No, never mind. No, yeah. He's not callous to women. He just doesn't like royalty and princesses. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's literally deleted scenes where he's, like, surrounded by chicks at the cantina talking to, like, Greedo and stuff. That was, like, taken out because they decided to make Greedo an alien. Ah. Uh. So it's, like, for continue. You know what? Let's not even mention the Han shoot first thing because when that happened, I, like, slapped my forehead so right. hard. Yeah. If you take away Amelia <laughs> Clark and everything, that movie could have just gone on just fine. Yeah. Without because the, the thing extra is, right, love scenes having, and the betrayals. Having him have some sort of, like, uh, romantic, like, you know, motivation was totally unnecessary. It was a... It's a lazy writing shortcut to give him a reason to want to go back to where he came from. Because to me, this gave me, like, prequel flashbacks. It's like, why does Darth Vader need a romantic motivation? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's gonna be the most badass like guy in the in the galaxy, and like oh, but at one point he was kind of sensitive. And it's like, and they're doing the same thing to Han Solo. Is like he's like this roguish, devil may care kind of guy, and like actually he was a sweet guy at one point. It's like no, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't really care. Like no, he's he's basically Han shot first. He's a smuggler, a bandit, a crook. You know, like yes, yeah, roguish charm. But I mean, I personally don't mind seeing that kind of shift in character because. It can be interesting to see, like, you were something at one point, but then mm. just a lot of shit happens to you where you become someone else as a kind of defense mechanism. If it's which written is, well. No, but if, if it's, it's done well. well, it can be very interesting. Which is why I would have preferred if they worked more on him. He used to be a stormtrooper. 
that Ooh. was way more interesting because like wait what he used he joined the army to be a pilot yeah so I would have loved that instead because like Luke Skywalker was always like oh I want to join the academy so I can be a fighter pilot too yeah. and fight in the rebellion and like you know in a parallel on the other side like he doesn't join the academy he joins the resistance a, he, yeah, no, he, he joins the, the imperial forces yeah. he was he, a foot soldier basically because well, he got kicked out and like one of my favorite lines is him like is this where I sign up to be a pilot yeah but you have to be in the navy first and like okay I just want to be a pilot it's like yeah. I know how like you know like that, that's, real, that's interesting it's like a down and out kid because basically he's got nothing he's got no money you know I would have loved that story where he's like okay um, I need to escape my poverty somehow I need to escape my dire circumstance you know what I'll be a pilot then all this shit and then we have basically like a full metal jacket story yeah, for Han Solo yeah, that would that be, would be good. super interesting is like he gets desensitized by the army and then he realizes that he's actually part of the, the vicious killing machine and then he learns to be sensitive because he's like I'm not a total monster yeah and that's how you create the Han Solo who is willing to kill but also at the same time not an asshole yeah I mean like that would have been interesting, interesting f- like for an extra yeah. 30 minutes, you know, develop that. I would have gotten rid of Emilia Clark's character because that, like that whole thing wasn't necessary. Yeah, the then whole teeny bopper with racing cars and they're like, woohoo, one day, baby, you <laughs> and me, straight to the moon. It's like, this is so corny. Yeah, we could have had like the first half of the movie being that kind of stone trooper, like, you know, this Literally, Han Solo in boot camp, just getting his ass kicked. Yeah, and then the <laughs> second half could be him joining with these like smugglers because he sees a way out yeah, or at least something exactly. that makes him feel again I mean, this is what I felt like what the missed opportunity is this would have been the amazing Han Solo movie is like if he started off as he's a, he's a soldier he's like basically what happened to uh, John Boyega's character yeah. and then he realizes I don't want to do this uh, this, is, this is messed up so have him and all these stormtroopers raid the planet of Kashyyyk and kill a bunch of Wookiees because nothing more enjoyable than seeing fur get burnt. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you know, there's this wounded Chewbacca. They have this nice alien, uh, what was it called? Alien enemy mind moment where yeah. the enemy of my enemy and they're both trapped in some situation. It's like, okay, you know what? You, you, Wookiees are not crazy monsters. And I'm not a crazy stormtrooper. I'm a person. And then they escape together. And then adventures yeah you know what i mean that would have been so much more interesting speaking of escape what do you guys think about how han met chewie for the first time during that scene in the dungeon it was fine yeah and it was so played to the point yeah of course it's chewbacca like we're gonna put you in with the beast like okay we kind of know that was happening so so this is where we meet chewbacca cool although to be honest i first i thought are they doing the rancor scene again then i realized they need a they need a bigger cage Yeah. yeah I mean, like, how else are you going to... Tr- you know what? The thing is, speaking of slapping me on, slapping your head self on the forehead, that stupid scene, like, what's your name? Chewbacca. I need to give you a nickname. I will not be saying that all the time. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we know. That's why you call we it Chewie. It. <laughs> and then, like, speaking of, like, you know, stupid, like, this is... Will you stop with the fan service? Yeah. Like, what's your name? Han. Just Han? You need a surname. Han Solo. <laughs> I was like, the it was look, like the look into the camera the was a bit I feel everyone's head slapping your like, forehead. That sound, you know. Who is who wrote this garbage? But to be fair, that's the best explanation of a link, the last name we've had in the entire Star Wars universe. Really, over Skywalker? That Skywalker <laughs> makes no goddamn sense. He's a Skywalker. So, so, so you're an Oliver. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, because I come from a family that used to do Eat stuff. Olives. Yeah. <laughs> The Olive Earning family. Yeah. No, you don't need to There'll explain surnames. <laughs> okay, because he's Jabba the Hut. He's a hut. Yeah. You know what? Who's you know what's, what's also a hut? All the other huts. 
You know what I mean? It's like Jar Jar Binks. He's a Binks. creature thingies. You yeah. don't need to explain the surname because the thing is, right? Y- y- what's your name? Solo. Han Solo. Cool. Keep going. You know? Uh, like That would have been the perfect James Bond moment where it's basically, what's your name, kid? Or like he does some daring do. It's like, oh, Solo. Han Solo. Credits. And I, uh, you know, I'm getting annoyed with the fact they didn't do the scroll anymore. Is the fade in like the the scroll title, actually title. meant for the mothership movies? Well, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it. I think it is a good way to separate it because then yeah. at we least it's minimizing the Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. So we don't have like the scroll all the time because I think I worked with Rogue One because this is not the big scary epic. But it's Rogue One is outside the of the the core family, the core characters. I know. I this, this one is part of. I mean, if it were up to me, if I was yeah. head of making Star Wars, I if would. If you not were Kathleen Kennedy, if I was Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy, I would not be making a Han Solo movie. I said we'd be making a, a Boba Fett movie. They're doing that anyway. They yeah. are. They are. Doing Gold that, is yeah. doing it, right? Yeah. Why? Because Mangold did the Logan, and I'm actually looking Logan. forward to that. Yeah. To I don't give a fuck. You know what? He is such a boring. We did character. love Logan, right? So yeah, no, I will say Logan, this, but unless he makes it. A really scary like war movie about like the fall of Mandalore. I don't, I don't give think a fuck. so. I think what I want to see from a James Mangold Boba Fett movie is basically Unforgiven, but with like Mandalorians. Like that's all I want. That yeah. would be good. It's just be them good. being fucking bounty hunters doing their job, and then he is like, you know what? I I fucked up, or I'm actually a very tragic character. I have no choice but to you know pay off my debts and work for Darth Vader and capture these. Rebel scum. Yeah. There you go. So, th- okay, cool. That's something you can do. I mean, uh, but Boba Fett said is like, there's even talks of an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Well, I mean, which is that could be interesting because they said that Ewan McGregor wants to come back. What else is he doing? Transporting exactly. three. <laughs> he's also doing. He's now Christopher Robin in uh, that new Pooh movie, which looks horrifying. It's, it's just it's called Christopher Robin, right? Yeah, he's Christopher Robin. Yeah, but he's old. Exactly, it's it's him coming back to the Hundred Acre Wood once oh, okay. he leaves behind. So it's the Twenty Years Too Late sequel. Kinda, yeah. All right. Well, I thought that's the one with uh, Margot Robbie. Or is that another movie? That's another movie. How many poor movies do we have? A lot. Why? Because it's now public domain. I think. <laughs> no, it's owned by Disney, right? Okay, well then, you, you know how Disney loves to only make one iteration of their thing. No, they don't. Exactly. <laughs> 103 Dalmatians, anybody? Yay! <laughs> shitty Disney sequels too, don't forget that. Yeah, all of them are shitty yeah, Disney yeah, exactly, sequels. there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. The Cinderella 2, Cinderharder. <laughs> there is, yeah. <laughs> okay, so solo a Star Wars movie. So we have Amelia Clark playing love interest. What's her name again? Kira. Uh, Kira, Kira. Kira. And then, like, it's kind of cute how it is, like, you know, oh, we're supposed to run away together. Then he comes back, and then the girl from her, her, his hometown is not the same girl anymore. Like, yeah. okay, it's like the Red Crimson Group or Crimson Something Group. Crimson right? Sunrise. Crimson. Yeah, Scarlet Letter. Very, very original. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, also especially the fact when it's basically like, hey, let's go back and do our thing again. And she's like, ah, oh, no, I've changed. And he's like, no, you haven't. No, I have. Let's go and do something else first. And like, like really you don't, you're not getting the hints and then like he's like looking at the tattoo and everything like oh you got a tattoo there like yeah he's like oh that's cute you know what you do get it on the the beaches of Karelia well to be fair he's not the first man to not get the hint that you know they're not interested which is why like Han Solo would have gotten the hint yeah you know what I mean it's like the thing is the, the, me as a fanboy what I'm definitely gonna like you know uh, chastise most about this movie is like nah they didn't get Han Solo right yeah and I also dislike when a lot of people's uh, 
I mean, the basic argument is this: like, no, this is him younger. He's figuring things out. It's like what they did with Batman, or they would what they did with Superman in DC. It's like, like Batman Begins. Ah, uh, this right? is like yeah. no, not Batman Begins. Like BVS. Uh, you know what okay, I mean? Like, okay. oh, this is this is a this is a different Batman. It's not the Batman you like. It's like no, no. I want to see the Batman I like. If you want to do an on-off-brand kind of weird Batman, go ahead. But don't put it in the tentpole movie. Put that in your weird animation, like Batman Ninja. Sure, let's have fun there. But like, this is like I'm gonna pay money to go to the cinema, and I'm, I'm kind of expecting a few things. Granted, I don't want to be the kind of asshole who's like telling everybody like, "Hey, filmmakers, give me what I want all the time. Don't be creative." No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. like, please adapt. And when you adapt, please stay true to the source. Okay, I'm not saying do the source. Stay true to wh- where all this is coming from, and then it's just basically they are misunderstanding that totally over and over again. Where it's basically, oh, when the fans want to see something, they're like no, that's true to source. What they mean is references, mm-hmm. fucking references. Yeah. That thing that was mentioned in that other movie, show that. That thing that was mentioned in the extended universe or in some novel or in some video game, show that. Because okay, okay. Yeah, that was a speaking of video games. That was a Terra Kasi reference there too, which is why, why exactly? And no, no, okay, let's let's just do the the big reveal that everybody in the cinema like, okay, cool. Was going was very ambivalent about more. I mean, less, yeah, right? it's like it's like it's supposed to be like or some apathetic. That's big, word, yeah. like oh my god, he's back, and he's like, oh, it's Darth Maul. Yeah. So when the most unnecessary thing where he just turns on a lightsaber, so <laughs> we're going to be so people together. at the back, just so you know, this is the same guy. But like they even got Ray Parker back. Is Ray Parker? Yeah, yeah, Ray Parker. He's yeah, back. But it's a different voice. But you know, here's the thing about the. Uh, here's one thing that kind of broke canon for me. Aren't holograms supposed to be blue? How is it possible that we can see a bright red lightsaber in a hologram? Uh, is this a Star Wars movie? What universe is this set in? I have it's no idea. It's a pirate what's hologram. Be. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a pirate hologram. There we it's go. Different technology? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Missed opportunity. You know what would have been amazing? Yeah. An eight foot tall Darth Maul. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> because that's how we reveal all the bad guys in holograms. Exactly, yeah, just like, his huge, just head. like you know, like I I had it set to projector mode. Shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I uh, want to talk about Paul Bettany. He's fine as he Eczema Man. I don't know what what's that telling on his face anyway. Is that gills or scars? I think it's meant to be scars, scars, right? Yeah. And they scars. light up when he gets pissed off. I. They, they, they turn a, a darker red Maybe yeah. I mean To emphasize That's his emphasize mark Have you guys Okay speaking of dark Have you guys ever noticed, noticed That this film Just feels a bit darker I mean in terms of Color and whitewash And all it that It did feel incredibly dark Like yeah. they no, I no, had no. to actually look At the side I'm and gonna say this around. When we say dark We're not talking about Dark tone We're yeah. talking about No this looks underlit The palette yeah, yeah Thank you The, the cinematography Is atrocious Because the shadows Are washed over Everybody's faces Yeah And I've made this comment About La La Land In the past About how I didn't like The way this thing was lit The gaffer Or whoever's in charge Of the lighting Or the, the post production Or the colouring Fire that fuck Because the thing is like, It's very apparent In this film honestly. No it's even apparent In the trailers Because I thought like Okay maybe this is A trailer goof Yeah exactly Yeah, And then yeah. like it'll, it'll pop up in the movie And it'll be fine And then like the entire first scene where everything is just washed in blue and black and he's like I have no idea what's it's going so on sometimes it's so hard to see like, I know yeah. thematically what they were trying to achieve but it was still like don't sacrifice us being able to see what the fuck is going on for your artistic vision but then the you're thing doing is, a Star Wars um, spin-off don't you know be all precious about your art direction but here's the thing it's like once you go to the desert or the, like the brighter it's scenes still and it's still washed out it's washed yeah. out but it becomes super jarring when like okay the, the white of the sands is just really overexposed all of a sudden yeah. yes exactly you know the what I mean why does this why does, why does this look like it was oh it's, like, it's basically 
Now we know which the the the, the scenes that were shot were fixed. Yeah, <laughs> and the okay. scenes that was like, oh, this is a mess. We have to fix this somehow. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, like, you can't have been that fucked up with the color correction or with the lighting, right? I mean, like, a simple reflector could have fixed a lot of problems. That's like the basics, right? For yeah, this This is all, I think, their messy, hastily done pre-production fixing that they had to do. Because I really feel like this film should have been delayed a good six months for it to be fixed. Yeah, because the thing is, but the thing is, you need to follow the Disney timetable and you need to rush to. to Yeah, because they'd have to push away all the Marvel movies, which are the big money makers. Dude, this thing is being crushed by Infinity War. Disney is cannibalizing themselves. They don't care. Why couldn't they release this movie on November or September, like after all the Marvel films are out? Because that's when they collect the bonuses and they all go on holiday. (sighs) Yeah. Wells, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you do your work for the first half of the year. After that, you chill out on your private jets in your yachts, and then you come back next year and I don't know, in Infinity War four, Thor harder. <laughs> yeah, and also you know a lot of the characters were just awful. Like L three, I hated. I hated her so much. <laughs> she is the most like. I'm an obnoxious. On, I am a super on the nose SJW type droid because we need to have a sassy droid because. Like you know, anything K- else you need because K two SO was <laughs> such a good idea in the Rogue One. Yeah, like, but K two SO worked because he wasn't that all the time, and he had a nice moment to sacrifice himself. Yeah, yeah. when she got shot up, I was like, "Thank God, thank God!" And then <laughs> they plugged her into the Falcon because we had to have a reference to when C three PO said that the ship kept arguing with them, and they keep bringing out that oh L three three seven is the best navigator, and she's dead, and she's in the ship. All yeah. these references leading and up to she's that. part of the ship now. It's like. Ugh. Yeah, we know because that other movie told us yeah. 20, 30 years ago that she's got a sassy computer mainframe. I mean, I would like to go to the Star Wars universe and, and find the coders and the programmers. And Why do you have to program all these robots to be sassy? Yeah. Why does R2-D2 need to have an attitude? <laughs> why can't they just do their fucking jobs? They're fucking robots. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oh no, it's, it's got to be able to backtalk you too. Can we turn that down? Is there like that's probably a revenge, a way of revenge for these coders anyway? Like you, if think you don't so? do the job, we're gonna talk. Is that smack your so all, is that your extended universe where it's like a planet of people creating who are all very these revengeful? And like all these, they hate their boss. Like all these IT dudes who are underpaid, <laughs> overworked, and, and not these are all just Easter eggs. They're hey, putting it's their Star Wars any planet is possible. Wow, <laughs> it's like the Big Bang Theory, but then they're all like putting their own personality <laughs> into all these droids, so that when they sell them, like this droid's faulty. No, it's not faulty. It's just sassy. No. Huh? It's the Silicon Valley version where you have that's it. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yes. Like you have actual that's Asperger's it. people doing it. Silicon that's Valley exactly. Jawas edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, they so all we've got L3 because Pi Piper fucked up for the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. one. Good one. Good one. Yeah, there you go. Mm, I see that becoming a thing soon. You heard it here first on the Last King podcast. Yeah. SJW Starkey bots. So I think let's just wrap this up because I feel like we could, you know, bang on about the bad elements of this movie forever. Okay, let's tell you what, let's just talk about the good things. What okay. did you enjoy? Uh, obviously, uh, Donald Glover as Lando yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the Kessel Run itself, I think, was different from what we've usually seen in Star Wars stuff, enough to where I was like, okay, this is. Maybe trying to expand how the universe works a little Do bit. Do you know what I like about the Castle Run the most? Yeah. The Azathoth cameo. Azathoth. What? The giant yeah. tentacle god in the space. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Look at this Cthulhu uh. reference coming out of nowhere. It's like, huh? Speaking of uh, <laughs> references, um, uh, uh, you know uh, Wendy's has a very sassy Twitter? 
Oh yeah. Oh, well, well, well. They mentioned Shogorath in one of their responses. Shumagorath? Yeah. Oh nice. It's like <laughs> Marvel Marvel Shumagorath. Yeah. Yes. It's like well talk done. about a deep reference, Wendy's. Well done. Good job. Shumagorath. Actually I thought there would be an Arby's to it, but anyway it doesn't matter. Like one of them are snarkier than the other. It's Wendy's. Wendy's is the the super sassy one. Uh, Arby's is the one that John Stewart hates, right? Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with Arby's again? We don't have it here, so doesn't we don't matter. Um, so yes, props to Azathoth for appearing out of nowhere to fall inside the gravity well. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know what? It's been a while. Oh, cool, gore. Yeah, <laughs> and seeing that thing get torn apart is like that's refreshing. Yeah, and also um, when uh, the new uh, Chewbacca was doing his killing things, the new Chewbacca. Yeah, it's a new guy, Jason Suatoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Estonian. He actually uh, ripped somebody's arms off. Oh my yeah. god, that was beautiful. The thing is, he's not mm-hmm. as tall as um, Peter Mayhew. No, he's ten centimeters shorter than Peter Mayhew. Yeah, he's only two hundred and one centimeters tall. Like, you know what can fix that? Like stilts, look, like Peter Jackson style <laughs> camera angles, where like, oh, let's make the guy look taller by you know forced perspective. It's yeah. a thing. <sighs> or CGI, you know, you do have like industrial light and magic there somewhere yeah. remember and I mean the train house was visually quite interesting I enjoyed it yeah. I mean it's I mean, typical but I I will be lying if I said I enjoyed I, was the, actually on my I enjoyed the action set, set pieces except for the last one Oh, the last one—the one with the bounce with the people on the flying the one of the mask, right? That woman in the mask. What was the name again? Uh-huh. The stick. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. No, 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 that no. woman. That woman. No, no. no the, fight like I- the fight in the, the in the yachts where they're doing like the last like um, like with the blades and everything. Oh, that one. That one. Yeah, the final fight of a Star Wars movie is in the bad guy's office. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wow, this is an amazing setting, <laughs> for a fight. <laughs> I was like, oh, it worked in Return of Jedi. Yeah, but because we had a space battle and a forest guerrilla warfare happening at the same time. Exactly. So it's like it was visually more. Let's focus on something more intense. That was super overwhelming and impactful. And then here we have Han Solo hiding behind the sofa. Like whilst Vision cuts <laughs> up uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Daenerys <laughs> Stormborn right? in, in, yeah. in a lesser flashy cape, right? Yeah. And then like the Daenerys Targaryen comes out and like you know stabs him with what again? Something. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, sure. I loved his lightsaber pen knives. Wow. <laughs> super effective. Yeah. Eey. It's like they slowly start, you know, c- undercutting lightsabers with each passing movie. Because the thing is, people are sick of all that shit yeah. right now. Because, I mean, like, imagine the clusterfuck that was the Clone Wars when, like, look at all the lightsabers. So nobody cares. Yeah, like, it was just like a big uh, EDM rave in the middle of it. <laughs> exactly. Arena. Everybody had glow sticks. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the thing is, right, again, I need to, like, bring up this point again. You have to stay true to the source material. What did Obi-Wan Kenobi say about the lightsaber? It's an elegant weapon. weapon from, a, from a civilized age. From, exactly. So it has to have some sort of, you know, you know it's, a, it's a classy thing. Which is also why I like um, uh, Adam Driver's one in the new uh, trilogy because yes. it is a bastardization of an elegant weapon. Mm. There you go. It paint. It shows how he's. It reflects his character. He's too. corrupting. Yeah. Nice one with the pun there because he looks like a bastard sort too, huh? Hey. <laughs> hey. Good job, sir. And he's also the illegitimate son of like what? No, mm. no perfectly legitimate uh, between. Did uh, they get married? Well, he's called Ben Solo, so I don't know. But did, did they have the space wedding? She's royalty. I'm sure she kept her own name. Technically, he's a bastard. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably a private wedding. He should have mar- <laughs> she should have married her brother as a cordance to well, <laughs> the Organa. <laughs> but he died on Alderaan. The Organa lineage. Uh, yeah. hmm? he, he died on Alderaan, most likely. He died on Alderaan, most likely. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, that is how I would describe any uh, thought for a, a, a tr- another trilogy for Solo. 
mm, well, no, we don't need to see more of this. We don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah. a movie I would like to see. I would like to see like in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I'd like to see like a Last Stand kind of gritty uh, war film. It's called Rogue One. No, like <laughs> proper, like I mean, like you know. It, like maybe like the Empire invading a planet and then you have like a last kind of defense thing. Yeah, like from okay. the perspective of the Empire, maybe? Yeah. Or maybe it's the Empire holding out against the Rebellion. Kind of like Letters to Iwo Jima or yeah. something like that, right? Like mm. two movies f- from the different perspectives. That would be fascinating. I think it is this. It's called the Battlefront Games original. Yeah. <laughs> Not the current. Yeah, where you start Actually, the Battlefront 2 story mode... Was really that, good. Yeah. You, if you adapt that to, into a movie, I would watch that, honestly. Like the uh, story of the fight no, because it already exists in the I game. Know, yeah. I know, but <laughs> I know. Why mean, do we want to see that twice? Maybe something different director and all that could make it work. Yeah. For the masses. No, but okay, here's one thing. Like, okay, the few plus points I have about this film in particular, especially in Solo, is like, okay, I like the fact that, you know what, as much as it tries to be on the nose too many times with the new things, like, eh, it's kind of fine, I yeah. guess. Passable in a sense. I don't even want to say passable. I would be saying, like, it's like hitting the right checkboxes. But, you know what? Um, yeah, it's if anything, it's it, it's nice to know that you know what there is a company that's still trying to keep this in the public eye. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's also adding to the fatigue. And to be honest, it was at least fun. It yeah. wasn't yeah. boring. And knowing Star Wars, it could have been worse. Anyway. Yes. What would be the worst? The Star Wars the holiday. <laughs> that no, too. You can't do the holiday special. Okay. That, that's unfair. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Okay, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Next worst is um, Phantom Menace. I would actually put the third one then. Oh, Revenge. Really? I thought that Revenge of the Sith was redeemed. Like, the the middle part of that movie was I mean, my pretty problem, good. It was just like the final third where... Yeah, that, that ruined it totally that, for me. No! <laughs> no, that didn't ruin it. No. That, that's not the worst part. Him saying no, like, yeah, cool. That's, that's lame. The worst part was him without his arms and legs crawling up against the, the lava rock formation. I hate you. I'm on high yeah. ground. I win. And then it's like, it's like fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi looking at him. I loved you. You were the chosen one. It's like, this is the worst dialogue ever. <laughs> or and they're not even deli- like, fucking Ewan McGregor is a champion. Worse than for tr- Worse. <laughs> yeah. He's trying his best to make this line work. Yeah. And like, freaking, what's his name? Uh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Christensen. Hayden Christensen is like, yeah you're Darth Vader you're Darth Vader in the next scene no yeah this thank fuck you no and also you know the whole his whole storyline for going to the dark side was I don't want my wife to die oh you my my boss is with you you die it's like (laughs) motherfucker (laughs) he's like alright cool okay see I will hold George accountable for that over what a parsec is he's like okay him not knowing what a parsec that's fine you know it's probably a space word that also means parsec in English. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be one of those words that it like, oh, it actually means something else. Also, the internet didn't exist and I doubt he would have been allowed access into no, NASA's There you go. Chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it annoys me when people keep bringing that up. You know what? Parsec's yeah. a unit of distance. Nobody cares. Well, according to the Kui Quag <laughs> language, parsec means time. <laughs> All right, uh, I did the kiss around in less than twelve times. Oh, there you go, <laughs> in, in less than twelve times. Oh, so that means yes, I've done it eleven more times than you. And also, yeah, <laughs> I know it's a, I know it's a reference, but fuck it, I thought it was kind of funny that they said, oh, I did it in twelve parsecs, and Chewie says, Rawr. well, round it down. So <laughs> I like how they started, like he starts slowly, you know, embellishing it as the years yeah, go on. That's cool, cool. Stuff. Round it down. <laughs> you know, what? yeah, I like the new Chewbacca. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he's. Because now Peter Mayhew, he's too old. We need to let him retire. 
So it's good that we found someone to replace him well. Like he's and he's doing a great job. No, I mean, I just appreciate the fact that he's not a CGI furball. It's yeah. like a guy yeah. in a suit. Like, yeah, keep that tradition yeah, alive. Because what made Chewie work so well was that he was this gangly motherfucker with far too long arms and legs mm-hmm. who could then tear you in half if he wanted to. Do you know what I always thought of Chewbacca? Yeah. Like, imagine like the best thing for any boy is to fly through space sitting on your favorite armchair with your dog. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Ch- what he Chewbacca's is. Like, he's, like, he's, your, he's your best friend. And you it's know? great because he just rawr, rawr, rawr. I was like you could just imagine he's talking to you. Yeah. Do you want to bring up the point that we fucking hear Han Solo speak Wookiee? I like that scene. You liked it? I thought I it liked like it because it was so bad. It's like yeah. you this take is, yeah. a big stick, <laughs> me like, make pan, you hurt, and you could just see Chewie going, "What the fuck is he trying to <laughs> say?" So that's the thing I was thinking: is that him doing his best with a bad accent or mistranslation, or is it literally like no? That's how they talk. That's their grammar. No, I think it's him. Doing bad grammar. That's him. He's just trying. He's speaking bad Wookiee. Yeah. Right? yeah, because remember in Knights of the Old Republic, um, yeah. like he actually talks in proper sentences. It's just that. Yeah. So can everyone understand Wookiee? Like, why can't we just put a universal translator into their fucking larynx so we don't have to hear? No, no. Maybe it's an elective. No, this is what I love about the Star. This is it's an elective. This is what I love about the Star Wars universe. It's like when the droid goes beep beep boop boop, and you they reply to them in English. Yeah. It's like that is the world I want to live in, where I speak to you in English, you respond to me in like Norwegian, and I can still understand you. Well, Flemish. Come and think of it. They only started talking in English. uh, Specifically, I mean, yeah, I can speak to somebody, and like we all have different languages, but we just understand each other. Like Singapore. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Four different languages spoken here, and we all understand each other. How interesting is that? Yeah. Well, mainly because it's all Chinese. No, Malay people will understand Chinese and the other way. Yeah, mm, that's more the older generation, but... Uh, I can. Well, yeah, you're the older generation. I'm not that old. I'm not a pioneer batch, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I wasn't around during the war. Okay, then how about Amsterdam, where they all speak German, French, Dutch, and possibly another language, like Belgian, what, Flemish? Flemish is Dutch, and also it's the capital of the Netherlands where they speak predominantly Dutch. Whatever, let's not go there down this go. rabbit hole. Yeah. So, how, how cool would that be? No, it'd be very cool. Uh, final scores for... Um, I give it two, three upon ten. Wow. And you said you didn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot hate bad movies, can't I? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. This is a five for me. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I mean, I won't... Again, action scenes no, it's a are passing cool. Mark? Yeah, it's a passing mark mm. for me. I mean, again... More for Darth Maul or more for... Just more for the action Lando scenes Calrissian. and Lando. Lando and the action scenes. They're actually fine. Again, fine movie. Mm. I mean, they might make a Lando movie. and They don't need to. They don't need to, but I would probably... Disney loves money. Fun. I'm very sure they will. Really? It's uh, a matter of time. Well, what basically it is, is basically going to be his rise to power and how he created Cloud City. That what else is he going to do? <laughs> exactly. Basically, yeah. uh, according yeah. to the Star Wars movies... Unless they dig through the comics from Marvel, I guess. He could just what else has he done? He, wasn't, he was not... A, a prominent figure was he? I, I'm not so sure. But only in the Marvel universe. comics. That's about it. Because yeah, yeah, then I'm kind of rusty in my Marvel. Those are non-canon anymore. Yeah, he's not. Well, the Marvel ones they say are that, canon. But the Marvel ones are canon because they're made after you know the big uh, shift. Oh, the all. current Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Well, did they give him backstory? They did, but I did not read. Re- I did not read the new ones. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's all easily retconned anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because apparently the castle run. Yes, yeah, twelve parsecs. That's a parsec. Cool. All right. Anyway, uh, we should now talk about the other big movie that came out. Big in the sense where 
It's got Marvel property in it. Yeah. It's got the number two in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also the second largest R-rated uh, lo- uh, box office. And has a bigger budget too. What was the first one then? It's still the first. The first Apple, yeah. So both of these beat Logan. Yeah. Hence the joke in the intro. Yeah. There How much go. did Blade make, come to think of it? Not that much, right? In 90s money? Yeah. Enough to start a comic book re- revolution. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it that way, it's like we wouldn't have any of this if Blade was a flop. I mean, yeah. to be fair, Blade was made on not a huge amount of money because no. they really dialed back on like the special effects until like the very end. But they up the gore and they up the violence yeah. and you have to understand... Well, fake blood blood is rave. Blood rave. Blood so rave was fucking amazing. Yeah. I want to so cool. see that again. No, but this is what I want to say. Um, something that was also recently announced that almost killed the comic book movie franchise was Spawn literally a year before Blade. Oh yeah. When Spawn came out and then with like CGI cape and Michael Jai White and like this is kind of garbage. The only saving thing about the first Spawn movie was uh, John Leguizamo as the cloud. John fucking Leguizamo <laughs> as the violator. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. That was funny. Like he cool. he like from Romeo and Juliet to this to the psychopath. Like, you know what? <laughs> this guy needs a career. From fucking Mario and Brothers. Michael J. White wasn't too bad Jai. either. Jai, Jai, Jai Michael White. Michael J. White. Sorry, I'm <laughs> Michael J. White. <laughs> Jai White. <laughs> Michael J. Borden. <laughs> Michael J. Michael, Michael Jai White was, yeah, he's alright. But, but yeah, now, now they got Jamie Foxx though. I don't know how you yeah. feel about that. And it's going to be a trash <laughs> movie. It's a trash character. But Todd McFarlane is going to direct and write it. Like, mm. What experience has he got? He made it. The TV show. No, no, no I mean, he's got no. about it. The TV show, the HBO TV show. Yeah, the HBO TV very show. Good. Yeah, he he was he it's was quite ahead of its for time that. for the for for the 90s. It's like, how do you make edgy and dark, refreshing yeah. a Spawn animated show? Do that. that. Yeah, that freaked people out. Uh, did you see the uncensored version? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> it's like I didn't know how much blood animated blood I wanted uh. until I saw that. But anyway, yes, Deadpool is a thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, right off the bat, what do you guys think? I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. There Actually, to be honest, more than the first film in a way. I didn't like this one as much as the first one, but it's all right. I mean, the parts I liked more, the parts I liked less. Mm. I mean, I liked how they managed to notch up the violence a little bit more to where it became extra ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically about the prison scene where he gets thrown off and then he turns into like a, a perfect like L bracket. Yeah. On uh, the <laughs> table. On cable, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then also when he methodically kills off the X Force one by one. No, that was probably one of the best games. Yeah, no, that was yeah. funny. <laughs> I like that. No, I like the fact that uh, okay, one of the things I don't like about this Deadpool movie was basically, uh, I mean, I just ba- basically complain about how Solo was a checkbox movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a checkbox movie. Also, it's it basically is. okay. These are the things we did in the first movie. We just need to double that because. Original. They do make very similar jokes. Yeah, and original director decided to like do better things. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Reynolds is probably because of success of first one, probably contractually obliged to do things. But I also love the fact that you know they do play around with expectations a lot. By okay, spoilers for a movie that came out almost a month ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, they kill off the girlfriend in the first five minutes. Yeah, I which I that. I didn't like that. No, no, that what? was that was actually a checklist trope thing too. Where I know you need something to actually trigger the hero. Thing is, it's a bad trope which yeah. shouldn't have to continue. Because also, I thought that she was an interesting character, and you could, you know, do something with her which doesn't involve I killing her and then making her, you know, the floating voice in his head. I honestly did I don't not know what else we mind can do that. With her. She doesn't have powers. Yeah. She can't join the team. Well, she's meant to be um, stay at home and wait for her husband. No, she's meant to be uh, like that. Moral like compass, I guess. In the sense. No, she's. <laughs> Like she's referenced to a comic book character who does have powers. Mm-hmm. 
think it's like copycat something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, yeah, in this version, she died and then again becomes. And a then they, br- and all they that. bring her back at the very end. Spoilers, because you know. Deadpool yeah, steals cables. The Deadpool movie. Yeah, yeah. Of whatever happens doesn't really. Because technically, it didn't happen because they fixed it at the end. Yeah, that's mm. the thing. Like, this is something about, I like about the Deadpool movie. Is like, you know what? If you spoil it, it's like it's not whether you want to be surprised. It's like, will I laugh? Yeah, you'll giggle your yeah. ass off. Oh yeah. It's all about the journey, not so much the destination. In yeah, a sense. I mean, like for me, what I, l- I love especially is, you know what, Josh Brolin, playing it straight the whole time. He did a very good job of being a straight man. There yeah. you go. And also at the same time, like oh, I mean, I also like okay. I, th- I think the conversation I really want to have right now is like okay. In the solo review, I was kind of mentioning how like I hate all these references, whereas this one, like okay, if you want to do references, this is how you do it: tongue firmly planted in cheek, and making sure that it's not like, hey, audience, look at this. It's more like, hey, here's something I'm gonna throw out there, and whether you catch it or not. Not an obvious nut, nudge, wink, wink. More like yeah. it just goes on and on and on, I like mean, rapid like, fire. And also, exactly. like like they pull himself in yeah. the comics. Yeah. I mean, it's the right kind of references because if you don't know anything about Marvel or you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. If you yeah. know a lot about Marvel, you're like, oh yeah, the '90s did suck, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, like, especially like my favorite reference of all time was when he called Cable One Night Willy, <laughs> and that was like, this is beyond fourth wall. That is like, yeah. wait, you're referencing a movie that Josh Brolin starred in in the '80s, The Goonies, and it's <laughs> the it's the historical bad guy of that movie who is the pirate One Night. You call him oh because he has one eye also. It's like. Mm-hmm. Wow, that joke, perfect. <laughs> it's like, whoever wrote that, I'm going to clap for you, sir. Yeah. One-Eyed Willy. You called freaking Cable One-Eyed Willy, played by Josh Brolin. Well done, sir. That's all the references for you, sir. I did like the Rob Liefeld jab. It was very quick, but... Somebody like who like can't draw feet. Yeah, right? yeah. I, when <laughs> I heard that, I was like, oh, if you're a comic book fan, you will be the asshole laughing in the cinema right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I laughed out loud when he said that. Yes. Nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understood. I've been that same I mean, I, too. <laughs> I giggled, but I was too busy going, when uh, like, all the gore was happening. <laughs> mm, the gore. Oh, Especially the gore was good. when yeah. um, Zeitgeist was being um, Fargoed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, right and, and, with, with yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when Amazing. his superpower came out, you know. So. <laughs> and just dissolved poor Peter. Yeah. Like, he was so amazing right uh, i watched it with uh yvonne my wife and her favorite scene was him trying to get off the helicopter mm-hmm. but <laughs> everyone else was jumping and he was like slowly just lowering himself onto the lip yeah he needs to push right yeah. <laughs> yeah that was cute oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what special powers do you have nothing i'm just you i know, just saw the ad i just saw the ad you're right hey don't be the damn it yeah <laughs> or was it fuck yeah yeah the pin was like fuck <laughs> oh well yeah so okay um no, let's do this properly. So Deadpool is all about fourth wall breaking. It's all yeah. about, you know, if you're a fan of the comics, you'll definitely find something to enjoy. If you're a fan of the first film, it does pretty much more of the same. But, you know, it. I think that the problem I have with Deadpool, why I don't like it as much as the first one, is because it felt too much more like watching a magician do his act again. I mean... Like the same old, same old, yeah, but like in you, a different way. There's a nice big finish as a climax, but it's like... Yeah, you see the moves and you like you recognize things and then it's all of not a the same act, it's like it's the same act, but he suddenly became successful and now he has money for proper props and yeah, lighting. You know what mm. I mean? So it's like, okay, it's more impressive, but you've done this before. But it's like like okay, here I'm gonna make this tiger jump through a hoop. And I, okay, that's part one. And then part two now feels like now the hoop's on fire. Cool. And the tiger's got like bl- a bling <laughs> grill. <laughs> and the tiger is played by Josh Brolin. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's such an amazing actor. It's like, okay, cool, but you know, could we have like an elephant 
Palace so, also, I mean, uh, here's another thing I want to ask. Do you guys think that Deadpool 2 is kind of playing it safe? It is. In a again, way, the check, the check, the check boxing is very you apparent. Can see, like, because okay, we got to do this, 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 this. There and is this. a rumor that they had to do some fixing after initial screenings. Really? That test audiences didn't like certain elements. Apparently, that's not true. That they fixed it different reasons. It sounds more like a marketing rules than an actual thing. And also, mm-hmm. the warning signs: three writers, four producers. Like not the original director. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the original director was kicked out. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't leave. He was forced to leave. And, and then they had another director who's more action Rob oriented, uh, right? Like, I can't pronounce his name. Light Lightage or something. Lightage. Lightage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that definitely. Yeah, and also you said about contractual obligation. I think Ryan Reynolds actually wants to do this because he's writing and producing and. Oh, sorry, it's David Leach. David Leach. Leach. That was close enough. Leach. Light. Leach. L e i t c h. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ryan Reynolds loves the character. I mean, he's confessed that several times. Yeah. And he loved it so much, he decided to retcon the other movie in a very interesting way. The best way possible. Mm. Best way possible. <laughs> yes. But also at the same time, you know, by also retconning himself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for another movie. Like, that was, I, th- I feel like that's something he wants to do. Like, <laughs> he wants to go back in time and This whole movie himself. feels like an apology for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. for Deadpool. But, I mean, you know, but I also like the fact that, oh, hey, I like the the Hugh Jackman like cameo. Oh yeah, <laughs> young Hugh Jackman. But no, my me just doing some cleanup. <laughs> they just they just cut cut a thing from uh, X Men Origins. But then again, but it's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a nice, nice touch. touch. My no, that's not a nice touch. A nice touch, first class cameo. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. When I With saw the, all that, the actors, and yeah. I was like, hey, I thought we could afford things now. We're doing bigger and better. And Where it's like slowly closing the door. <laughs> fucking Nick Holt just closes the door, yeah. and you see like all of them in there. But okay, I need to point out one problem. Shouldn't Quicksilver or some of the characters be a little bit older? If it's set in which un- which timeline is this? Because I have no idea what timeline this that is. That should be Patrick Stewart, not James McAvoy, right? Well, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused now. But maybe that's a maybe. joke because yeah. I, you know Patrick Stewart has definitely said I'm no longer Professor X. Mm-hmm. You maybe play because uh, I died in an, another film. An Alzheimer's yeah. guy <laughs> who gets stabbed to death by the clone of his friend. <laughs> okay, you know, but then again, you know what? Good for that. And also, hey. The Juggernaut's back. <laughs> Doing cool. the proper version this time. Not, yeah. you know, Vinnie Jones going, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! He says that. Yeah, but he says <laughs> it... No, no, it's the soundtrack that says... No, sort of like goes holy shit balls, right? But he has when the best uh, theme tune of any villain Yes, ever. the theme. That was what I was referring to, the theme. That really? was awesome. Over the Imperial March from Darth Vader? Yeah, because <laughs> the Imperial March is... Like, it's a great tune, but it's just very self-serious. Whereas this one is like... It's epic, but it's also like... Holy shit balls! It's, it's like the this is what, what we're doing. Like, oh, you can't oh, stop oh. this, motherfucker! <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure that gimmick's gonna run out how very did you, quickly. How did you feel about the juggernaut and um, the will the people kid? No. Um, <laughs> Same as Russell. Yeah, Russell. Uh, Peter's uh, fights. Ju- oh, Colossus. Or Colossus. I yeah. forgot the name. Colossus. Huge CGI fight. Cool. Uh, it was. For a CGI fuckfest, it was clear enough to where we could see what was going yes. on. Mm-hmm. It's like it's comparable to the Hulk and Thanos fights from Infinity War. I would regards. say this is or more the Hulk comparable. And abomination. Yeah, yeah, maybe Hulk and Abomination from the Hulk movie. Yeah, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's nice to see Juggernaut kick ass. I yeah, as a comic guy. Well, so anyway, it's good to see him being fucking huge. <laughs> and ripping Deadpool in half. That oh, was that was good. that was a good <laughs> reference. Yeah. 
There's reference to the Logan movie, to Wolverine, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah to that yeah. Wolverine uh, <laughs> series where he was torn apart by the yeah. Hulk and thrown. You know, it's even weirder. What? Was the Rick and Morty reference after that? Which is basically Deadpool with baby legs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is like yeah. basically, isn't this like Rick and Morty joke? Detective baby legs. <laughs> kind of yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, why are they doing this now? But then again, so so we had a basic. <laughs> so they so, so they could have a scene where Cable shakes hands with baby legs, baby legs, Deadpool. So they could yeah. just crowbar in baby dick jokes into this <laughs> as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> are you wearing pants? No. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. But okay. Um. Well, another thing. So speaking of uh, things that are kind of different. So reverse palette swap Domino. What do you think? I, I thought she was that. great. Yeah, she was cool. I think she mm-hmm. was a. Excellent casting choice. Yeah, Zazie Beats, right? That's the actress. Zazie Beats. She yeah. plays That's a her cool very name. well. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch Atlanta unfortunately, so I don't know how she is back then. But in here, she's from Atlanta. Stuff, the t- yeah, yeah. No, she's no, she's a Brit. No, she's in the TV show Atlanta. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, she's really awesome in this. Plays the role really well. Where she come from? She looks the very powers familiar. Powers of luck and all that. Uh, she might have been in Skins because she's you know that of that. That but she's she more famous for Atlanta. Like she's yeah. she's about the same age as Holt, so I guess she's like from that graduation school, which was okay. You know, yeah. go be a teenager having sex in Bristol, and then you can go on to do other stuff. I mean, the thing about Domino is like she's one of those very striking characters that you're aware of, especially when you read the comics. But mm-hmm. yeah. I have no idea what she's about. Yeah, when she pops up, like, oh, okay, she's inside X Force. There you go. I mean, That's in the, the X Force comics, is basically she is. I mean, Domino is a prominent member of X Force. Uh, yeah, on and off, with Bishop and Wolverine and all, and all that. that. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because the thing is, I was never much of a fan of the X Force series. Mm. And like, the thing is, like to me, Domino is like one of those characters that oh, that's a cool design. Yeah. And then it's like when I see her now, it's like who's this supposed to be? And then oh, that's Domino. And like oh, I see what you did there. It's mm-hmm. just that I think future yeah. writers actually made Domino a better character than Rob Liefeld. Well, well that's often the case. He created her, right? Yeah, he created her, but other writers just. I think that's her the problem. Like, why do we have Domino? Because like you can only ask one guy to like you know, hey, what characters can we take from you? Since Deadpool's a thing, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, you can use my Domino. You can use this and that. I mean, like. I don't remember her specifically, but like, is that true? Her mutant power, she's just lucky. Uh, basically, it's a bit complicated, but yeah, basically that. No, she's able to... Adjust the probability with her powers. Uh, or something. She can calculate probabilities of things happening and act accordingly so that she is always in the right place at the right time. So what's the difference between her and Longshot? Domino's is better at it. Longshot is just very good at aiming at stuff. Yeah, that's it, right? Oh, yeah. Longshot like is Bullseye. Like Longshot is Bullseye. He just never misses. Yeah. Unless the story requires you to. Yeah. Whereas she... Yeah, but the thing is like... The thing about uh, Domino, right? I like the fact that, you know, oh, here's, here's a cool character that kind of offsets all the stupidity of all the other characters, right? But, I don't know, like, Miss Opportunity, she could have done more interesting things. But it's a good taste of what's to come, la, to be I honest. I hope so, because her I want her yeah. to be... Because yeah. she was introduced relatively late into the movie. Yeah, like the second half, more or less. Because I feel like, you know what? Uh, like, Negasonic Teenage Warhead? She was also, like, she's utilized a little bit more, but... Again, I don't understand why we, they don't just have her accompany him full stop. Yeah. Like, uh, She's just there and then that's it I with her girlfriend. Like they that's about are it. very hesitant to showcase female superheroes in the Deadpool series so far. You think so? Yeah. I because all of the ones we have, we only see them for at most 10, 15 minutes. Like, the longest we had is Domino, and we're still saying, oh, we want to see more. It's Do you like think she can carry her own movie? Domino no, no carry her after movie. an X-Force movie or a Deadpool 3 then she can carry her own movie you think so? I think she needs to be fleshed out in the next film that's I for sure I think maybe we can look into her backstory a little bit more but I feel like the actor 
definitely is charismatic enough to ma- to carry it. We just need a good yeah. script and a good director. Because the thing is, right, what, what I want to bring up about Domino especially is right. The thing is, as a character, she's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't think she's like compelling at all. But I liked the way she moved in her fight scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like thinking like, oh hey, th- here's a here's a potential like badass like character that you know, because god damn it, fucking Fox is gonna do Phoenix Saga again, <laughs> which I don't really care about. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is like, you know what? I, like the thing is, as I was leaving the Deadpool movie, I didn't really care that much about Deadpool mm-hmm. because it's like yeah, it's an, it's like if if, if me it felt like you know like yeah, it's it's a Deadpool movie. That's exactly what I I got. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. But I, w- I want to see a Domino movie. Like she's compelling because uh, how did she end up there? Like luck brought her there, and then like where is luck gonna take her after that? Yeah. Because like imagine a m- like remember that scene in Minority Report? Yeah, yeah. Which where one? basically uh like Tom Cruise is taking like one of those uh, Sears, and then like she's like, oh, you need to take umbrella. It's gonna rain right now. And yeah. That whole scene the clairvoyant yeah. ability, or like right? even yeah. that weird Nicolas Cage movie where he could kind of like predict five seconds into the future. I can't remember. I don't remember film. that Nick Cage film. There's a there's a Nicholas, Nicholas Cage movie. Oh, we can see the future and like you can see the numbers of people dying and things and stuff like that. It's like yeah. basically like oh, he's gonna fall down or he's gonna. But I would love to see a Domino movie where like things happen around her and she just is in the right place at the right time. Constantly. And you get to showcase what she's thinking while she's walking because you know the probability that you mentioned, Tom. Yeah, that could actually be showcased. Because in the, the thing film is, form. we don't need to do an origin story. We don't need to do beautiful mind. Yeah, things, but we don't need to do her origin story because her origin story already exists. Yeah, <laughs> which is basically Baby's Day Out. Yes, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> pretty, pretty she's a child. She's a baby. Things and criminals are trying to kill her, but luck apparently. Yeah. Like yeah. before, like freaking, uh, I don't know what's his name. Uh, the gangster tries to catch a baby a car hits him like, oh <laughs> this the, is the domino prequel I'd like to maybe the, you know we can do one where it, we think it's going to be a Deadpool like uh, sequel but he just gets burned into like atoms so he has to spend the entire film recovering <laughs> so she goes with uh, Negasonic and that would be Yuki. too meta for so many audiences yeah it would but it would. it'd be great just like, have like them as like a badass uh, female trio just doing things does Fox have any sort of ridiculous streaming service probably no I don't think don't so don't they have mm. a stake in Hulu do you do? Yeah, because so they can put your stuff on Hulu. That's part right? of the reason why Disney uh, is buying them, so they can get like a controlling stick of Hulu. Get, uh. get these X Force girls into one TV show. I would love to see them in their ridiculous yeah. adventures. So it'll be cool. That's that's the thing. Cool. There are a lot of really interesting Marvel characters who either aren't being touched or are stuck in TV shows. Mm-hmm. Punisher. Like, <laughs> like I found out. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Agent of Shield and Ghost Rider. Yeah. Uh, like mm-hmm. Ghost Rider and Agent well, of Shield. I found out that the Runaways are now a TV show, which is apparently good. Runaways, what's that? It's a load of kids of super super villains who do things like one of the lead characters is this girl who has to cut herself to summon magic staff to do magic. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard, I mean, I didn't bother reading a comic because it was okay. I mean, it didn't really fly my under my radar. Uh, the thing about yeah, the Runaways sure when it was yeah. announced to me in the in, the, in uh, like Cloak and Dagger have their TV series somewhere. Eventually, right? This Eventually, year, if I recall. it's not out yet. No, I think it's premiering soon. Mm. But it's on one of the TV channels in the States, which we don't get over here. Oh, God. We'll have to deal with that sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But then again, okay, so um, let's talk about also especially, uh, f- do we want to see a Deadpool 3? Yeah. I would, I would. I would Definitely. happily watch whatever they do with this. I mean, I might get a little bit tired if they do exactly the same stuff again. Mm-hmm. So I'd like them to try to take some serious risks and go full meta and see how far they can string along uh, mainstream audiences. They should do Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe then. <laughs> Killustrated, kill the Marvel Universe. Or how about the one cool. where 
Uh, he wakes up in the middle of a zombie horde because he was in a coma from eating too much Mexican food. <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, wait, you know they should do? Or the part where he has to uh, help Wolverine uh, recover by just feeding him sti- bits of his skin. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> Did you read uh, Deadpool Roasts the Marvel Universe? Roast? No, I did not see that. That was hilarious. It's basically like, uh, I think, if I recall, uh, it's uh, Deadpool wanted to kill or destroy the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. But then, like, because it's so meta, the writers thought, oh, he wanted to roast the Marvel Universe. And then it's like a a giant deus and it's all these superheroes taking turns roasting him. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like, like, and I love the the, the Hulk one where Hulk is like trying to tell the joke. And then like, his punchline fails because he's the Hulk. He can't speak properly, and he just smashes the dais. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> ah, Hulk, not funny. funny, and he walks away. <laughs> it's like, uh, I would like to see that. That would hilarious. be super meta. Yeah, and it's like you just have Deadpool, and then you have like Seth Rogen and James Franco all playing <laughs> different characters, just making fun of him. Like there you go, and then like I would. We great because then we could have Thanos, and then Cable just comes immediately it's afterwards. The same actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, like what? he just puts on a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I would have Jonah Hill play. The Hulk. Mm. No, just he just walks on and he tries to tell a joke and then he's angry. Ah, and he walks away. Mm-hmm. And of course, Brad Pitt playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the Vanisher. It's like, hey, are you the Vanisher? No. And then as he bombs, he just slowly fades away. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Anyway, but hey, good. Th- thank you, Brad Pitt, for the, the the cameo. I didn't expect to enjoy exactly. so much. The, the best yeah. Brad Pitt cameo ever. Was the other one? Like, okay, that time he was on Friends for a random yeah. for a hot second, right? Mm. But. Oh wow! I mean, are you aware of the Vanisher? No, I you think know what his powers are. Like he can go invisible. No, he controls plants. Uh, like I don't quite. I don't quite remember the Vanisher, but please. Yeah, he uh, was. Nah, he's like not. Well, he's he kind of hard to find. He's a D tier <laughs> level villain at best. Yeah. Like even Zeitgeist is kind of more popular than him. And the thing is, Zeitgeist, like for a guy called Zeitgeist, what's his power? He vomits acid. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that was a good joke because, like, yeah. oh, so you plugged into like uh, you know the current things happening? No, it's a bit acid. Oh, what you call Zeitgeist? The same reason why he's called Shatterstar. Yeah. And I like the way how Shatterstar got destroyed <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> like Man. his ponytail gets in the way. Like that's brilliant. <laughs> his 90s era costume ponytail got in the way. Yeah. Speaking as a man with a ponytail, I appreciated that joke. Mm. But then again, I would have loved to see more Terry Crews though. Yeah, that's the that's the only X Force death that I was sad of. It's like because Aww. I want to see Terry Crews beat people and then be the good um, Electro, like <laughs> one that doesn't suck. <laughs> A funnier Electro. Yeah. Who cherishes his powers as opposed to the Academy Award winning Electro? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Academy Award winning Jamie Fox going. You lied to me. No, I didn't. You stupid fuck. You want to hear a theory I have about like freaking Terry Crews? Yeah. What, like what? he's in the Deadpool movie and he's like, oh man, I can't wait to be in this Deadpool movie and I'm gonna kick ass. And then he's like, oh, it's great, you know, like oh, because the thing is, times are tough for me because Brooklyn Nine Nine got cancelled. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Brooklyn Nine Nine is back. Okay, I gotta go now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so like they kill him. Like okay, we no, I just kill everybody. Fuck it. <laughs> everybody else has a career outside of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, they do. They do. Absolutely. Dude who plays like guys. Yeah, he's very famous from <laughs> something or other, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That thing. Yeah, and the guy who does play Shatterstar. Oh yeah, there's plenty of roles for Asians in Hollywood. I mean, you know, I'm worried about like the guy who plays the Vanisher. Like, I don't know, man. He he, he seems a bit past his prime. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard it was like a divorce case recently where he lost a lot of money. And I mean, kids. I heard he was a, like you know a pretty like he was a bit of a heartthrob in the nineties. Yeah, uh, like I think he dated Nicole. Uh, what's a what's a face? Uh, I mean, like. Addison from Friends for a, a while. A guy like him in his age, and he's like, I mean, if you're not friends with George Clooney, what are you gonna do with yourself? Exactly. 
Like, why are you gonna do appear in the uh, Ocean's reboots? You know what? I'm gonna take it back. That is not the best Brad Pitt cameo ever. What's the best Brad Pitt cameo? When he appeared in Jackass. I haven't seen any Jackass movies. Which oh. one? The first or the third? No, or it's the in the second? TV show where it's like, oh, we're all a bunch of monkeys running around Tokyo. They're all wearing monkey suits, and yeah. then like they they put their names like, you know, uh, this is uh, Johnny Knoxville. This is whoever. Oh, this is Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, shit. really? <laughs> and it's like, and then there's a scene where he jumps into like. Like some shop and he smashes stuff and then like his his mask comes off and oh it's really Brad Pitt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also that time when remember I think there was this one jackass prank where it's like they kidnap Brad Pitt so Brad Pitt is just standing there at the side of the road and a van comes up and then the van opens up and then the jackass guys like kidnap him he's like whoa, whoa let me go and then everybody is like I think they just kidnapped Brad Pitt <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these random passerbys like looking at what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, it uh. must suck if you're a celebrity in Hollywood and you get kidnapped because people will think, oh, it's just a scene that we're not uh, aware of. Do you see yeah, the it's cameras? A stunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you don't see the cameras. But oh, then it, it could be GoPros. Like, it could be GoPros. Yeah, you know, yeah. there are so many fuckwits of GoPros walking around Hollywood Boulevard now. As opposed to so many fuckwits with GoPros walking around Singapore right now. Yeah. Cool, that's you with the merlion again. Uh. It's like, I've got a drone now, it's going to get really up close to the vomiting uh, monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the best way to explain the, mo- the merlion. It's just a guy who's really hungover, just going, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's a Singapore term? Yeah. What? When you're hungover and you, you vomit, is you merlion all over the place. Really? It's Yeah, we use it that way. Are you, you're fucking with me, right? That's no, I'm not joking. Like, ask your friends, like, Oi, what happened to your friend? Oh, he, oh, he went outside to merlion. <laughs> that makes me so happy <laughs> it's a verb we yeah. verbed the merlion anyway if you're not aware of the merlion please google the merlion and then you'll understand everything we're talking about for exactly. the last three minutes so Deadpool <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Singapore to Deadpool too. Fin- yeah. final score I'll give it an 8 mm-hmm. I'm actually eight, pretty really? happy with it yeah. okay. really? a lot's going on it's like 4 or 4.5 four right? I'll be honest you are brutal with your scores man <laughs> it's not a great movie okay <laughs> I, mean, I like it for what it is mm. and again Tried and true, but at the same time, I actually watched this twice out of my own will, you know? Okay. It's pretty fun. I can't give it an 8 because I gave Infinity War an 8. You can give it a 7 or no, a 6. No, it's not even good enough to be a 7. All right, fine. Or well, a 6 or a 5. This movie kind of failed because it's like, yeah, it's, the, it's basically pining on the first movie. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Mm-mm. So there you go. That's yeah. our review for Deadpool, yeah. Solo, and a little bit of Mary Shelley. So tune in next week where we talk about E3. And uh, Jurassic World 2? The other Chris Pine thing. Yeah. Chris Pine? Chris Hemsworth? Which Chris is this? It's the Chris Pratt. 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 Chris Pratt. It's the Republican one. Too many Chris's. Star-Lord fights uh, dinosaurs. You know what they need to do for Infinity War, right? They need to get Chris Pine in there so we can finally have the moment where we have every single Chris on screen. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? We could have all the Chris's. And then we need to have like a moment where Thor, Captain America, Star-Lord and whoever Chris Pine is to have like a meeting. No, he's Captain Kirk. Yeah, so we have the Chris (laughs) we have the Chris Council. There you go, the Chris Council. Because we already had the most British moment ever when you had Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Hiddleston and what was the kid's name again? Tom Holland. Yeah. Like appeared like in a movie together like this is very English. (laughs) Oh no, where we had the two Sherlock's uh, Shitting on each other. Yeah, yeah, Robert Downey. Speaking yeah. of which, how upset were you when during the entire movie none of them said to each other, no shit, Sherlock? <laughs> I think. Such uh, a missed opportunity. Yeah. Right? Maybe the fourth film might do that. Who knows? Really? Maybe. We're in the end game right <laughs> now. How many outcomes do we win? Just one. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> they, they, well, the, the, the internet would have exploded. Yeah. yeah. Although, I don't know, Tony Saga's so depressed now, he probably just commits suicide in the first 10 minutes of uh, this fourth Avengers movie and then he realizes that oh I own a windmill and that's very hard to upkeep okay okay 
Don't kill me yet. I'm I'm back. <laughs> huh? Probably just cameos. Oh, he's not dead. Okay. Like for like you know Tony Stark, you're like oh wait, remember that really emotional death scene I was supposed to have? Yeah, I survived. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Robert Downey. Just Jr. a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. Yeah, just I sur- a flesh wound. Thanos can't kill me. I'm Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and with this meandering conversation going nowhere, I think it's time to end the podcast. So um, from the Last King podcast, I have been Eccentric Tom. This has been uh, Mr. Toffee Baka. Toffee Baka. Yeah. Okay. Not not Baka as in Japanese Baka. No, not that. <laughs> oh, how about in Malay Baka when he's basically you're describing yourself as a deep fried toffee. <laughs> <laughs> deep fried toffee. Well done. Mm. Now that sounds tasty. Yeah. Okay, go. So and this is uh, Shafiq signing out. <laughs>